Hey everybody, it's David Warrench, and welcome to episode number three of the Authentic Dad Podcast, where we support fathers in having a more impactful life, which includes having uh, relationships that are deeply connected, relationships with maybe themselves, children, partners, to flourish in the world, to discard boredom, resentment, and to kind of be more themselves. That's why we call it the Authentic Dad Podcast. We want to inspire realness in the world. I really appreciate you listening. And I hope wherever you are, you're well, you're happy, and I hope you're especially joyful. Because that's what we're going to talk about today. I talked to Robin Shear. She's a joy coach. Yeah, that's what she does for a living. Kind of a cool job. She coaches people, men and women, on how to infuse more joy in their lives. It's a really fun conversation. I don't think joy in and of itself is complicated, but I do think, including myself, people's relationship to joy can be complicated. A lot of guilt around joy, a lot of I'm too busy for joy or I don't value joy. At least that's been my experience and uh, really thought provoking. Please stick around for that my website, furthur.coach. You can also get there at furthercoach.com. Again, further is furthur.com. Please reach out. I want to hear from you. Love feedback. And if you want support, if you want to coach, I would love to see if we're a good fit. I do this three thirty free 30-minute 30 um, kind of discovery call, consultation, whatever you want to call it, just to kind of chat and hear your story would love to again my theme music's by my nephew in atlanta his name is isaac leary i'll put his stuff in the show notes i just really like the theme music thanks isaac i really appreciate it other than that i'm feeling pretty joyful having my oat milk latte talk about my new espresso machine in this one and um take care thanks again so much and we'll see you on the other side i'm here with robin Shear. she's the owner of Joy to the World Coaching, which is kind of cool. She's a joy coach. She provides um, coaching to givers who find themselves depleted and who want to fill their joy buckets, which I hope we can talk about so they can <laughs> feel great and continue giving. Um, she basically aids her clients in thinking optimistically, helps them define and incorporate joy into all aspects of their lives and encourages them to share their joy with the world. She can help clients infuse joy into their love life, family, health and fitness, career, social life, spirituality, sense of fun and enjoyment, growth and learning, finances and environment, among other areas. Um, she lives in Michigan with her husband. She's got two 20-something children and apparently a massive 17-year-old cat. Such a bummer this isn't video. I'd put him on camera for you. <laughs> I'd love to see the cat. He's not on video right now, but thank you so much for talking to me. Do we, do we ever need, if we ever need more joy in the world, it is right at this moment. I'll tell you, I agree with you. And it's just so interesting because I don't think there's ever going to be a time that we don't need joy. I mean, of course we need it right now, right. but can you name a time when we won't need it? I cannot name a time when... We don't need it. And it feels really interesting to be talking about the concept of joy when there's so much misery in the world. Yeah. It feels a little bit out of context, but I think perhaps we need it more than ever. 
when the world right. is upside down. Yeah. And, you know, I don't want to have this conversation without being mindful of the pain that our world is experiencing. I mean, this is a difficult time. And so not at all to make light of that or to belittle the struggles that so many people are having. But I don't think that, you know, one has to be exclusive of the other. I love that in the midst of the struggle, joy can be very present, very alive and well. Well, I think most importantly, you, a joy coach, how would you even define that term? What is joy? <laughs> what a great question. What, and what, honestly, what are we talking about here? Yeah, whenever I speak to audiences, that's my first question for them. And I think mm -hmm. it's important we have to get on the same page right from the beginning, right? And so, you know, joy and happiness are used so interchangeably. If you were to research, look up research on, on joy, so often, you know, Google takes you to studies on happiness. Right. And, you know, that's a term we're so comfortable with. And, but what's really interesting is if we really spend time picking those things apart, we realize that, yeah, they're similar. They both make us feel amazing, but there are some very key differences. Mm -hmm. So in my, you know, in my opinion, joy is worth really investigating and putting effort into because it's long lasting. It's something that isn't going to change with circumstances. You know, a hurricane could roll in and wipe out all of the things that made us happy. All or a of pandemic. Those things, or a pandemic. Exactly. Exactly. And so it's like, okay, if all the things that made me happy are gone, all the things that were dependent on something going my way are totally gone. What do I have left? What's going to make me resilient? What's going to get me out of bed in the morning and give me a purpose? What's going to, what's going to give me, you know, reason to continue on and joy and sources of joy are really where it's at. So as you said, people use joy and happiness sometimes interchangeably, but for you, they're really different. And I love what you just said. Joy does not depend on outer circumstances. So in theory, during a hurricane or a pandemic, we can still have it no matter what's going on in the world. So my sense of it, I don't tell me if this lands with you, is this sort of, as you said, just it's not pleasure. It's sort of this deeper form of fulfillment mm. that comes, not to sound cliche, but it, it, comes, it doesn't come from outside. It doesn't, not, I don't want to say that. It doesn't come from circumstances on the outside aligning necessarily with, with, what, with what we want. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. I mean, joy is not a response to a situation it is more of a way of being. It's an inner effervescence for life, you know? And so it's not going to depend on getting a raise. You can, you can be passed mm -hmm. over for a raise and still have every reason to be joyful and to share that joy with other people. So tell me a little bit about your journey. Like how did you land? <laughs> um, you have 20 something children, you're married. And how did you end up being a joy coach? You know what, David, to be completely honest, I really followed the advice of so many people mm -hmm. to try to match my gifts and skills mm -hmm. with a paid career. I mean, I've, I've done a lot of wonderful things in my life, things that I absolutely love doing and never thought I would leave. And I can see how all of those pieces have 
contributed toward coaching and, and the desire to help people has always been present in one capacity or another. And I've been coaching all along unofficially and just didn't right. realize it. So finally I decided I'm just going to go to school for it, learn how to do it the right way. <laughs> and when I had to think about, okay, now that I'm a coach, what am I going to do with it? And I thought, well, you know, I could talk to people about a subject. I could talk to mm -hmm. people about business, but what I really know is joyful living and it's who I am. It just comes out. And I thought, what if I could get paid for that? I'm going to follow the advice of people and throw it out there and try. And thankfully it has landed. I've been really blessed by it. What were you doing before this? You said um, that you were doing it anyway. You were coaching people <laughs> just basically just without the certification. Right. Well, I mean, you mentioned marriage. You're always, mm -hmm. you know, coaching your, your partner uh, as a parent. <laughs> you're always coaching. You're always helping. Um, I was trained to be a dietitian, a nutritionist. And so, you know, I worked at the college setting and taught classes. I taught tons of community classes. I edited a couple of books. I had a private practice where I worked with people who had eating disorders and I loved it and never planned to leave. I absolutely mm -hmm. loved what I was doing. I loved helping. It was coaching from the very beginning. Um, but then during that time, my husband and I were volunteer youth group leaders and we just totally fell in love with all of these kids. They were young, they had mountains of energy and nobody knew what to do with it. So we just tried to use it for good. We had lots of mission projects and lots of fun activities, connecting them to each other and their family and God. And eventually I transitioned into a full-time paid youth director position, a youth pastor position at my you, church. You volunteered yourself into I did. a job. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I got to serve there for a number of years, loved doing that, never thought that was going to come to an end. And then when it became clear that that was taking place, I thought, what am I going to be when I grow up? I mean, mm -hmm. I've done things that I love, and I don't know what I could possibly love as much as this. So I took a breather. I took a couple of years just to pray and figure it out. And while I was doing that, I served at a couple, actually several um, assisted living facilities, long-term mm -hmm. care facilities. A couple of those were for people who had dementia and memory loss. And oh my gosh, we went on adventures. We had a blast together, told stories, laughed until our sides hurt. You know, I taught a YMCA dance routine. And I mean, the, the exercise classes were standing room only because we laughed the entire time. And so there it was again, you know, this concept of joy was just there all along. And that's when it became clear, wow. I could go into coaching. I could do this every day. And I could mm -hmm. talk to people on Zoom all around the world and find out what brings you joy. Like, how are we different? How are we the same? And how can I help you incorporate joy into whatever area of your life you feel joy is missing? It's such a ride. It's so much fun. And, and no matter what, as you said, you were dealing with people with dementia, youth, in the dietitian world. And, and it sounds like there's a theme that there's these threads of, connection and impact and joy and all of these different areas and although it wasn't a straight line it sounds like mm -hmm. you landed exactly where you want to be or where you should be it, it seems to fit perfectly with everything that came before it quite strangely i i think you're right it sure wasn't my plan mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's why i feel like it's strange but i'm loving it i'm loving it and i'm really thankful for the advice that people gave to really think about you know, what, what brings you joy and how can you turn that into a paid career? And, and so here I am doing the exact thing. And, 
and we'll talk about a little bit more about who you serve and what kind of things that you do. But I'm curious about just us as a, I don't know, society or culture. And even myself, there seems to be a really complicated relationship with joy in mm. that I don't know how you were raised, but the way I was raised, of course, my parents wanted me to be happy. Mm-hmm. And of course, they wanted me to live this fulfilling life. But it wasn't that joy was the most valued thing in the world. It was get an mm-hmm. education, get a job so you can be successful in the world. And joy wasn't really a thing that was discussed. And I think a lot of people even feel a little bit guilty about Mm -hmm. being joyful or are skeptical of it or feel like, "Mm, I don't have time for joy. I have to work. I have to take care of the kids. Like what comes up when I say those things? Oh gosh, you are speaking the exact sentences that so many of my clients have spoken. And see, I think that you know, that comes from a place of wanting to serve other people, you know, for people who have been raised to focus on helping others and who are really concerned about the well-being of other people. It becomes a way of life, you know, however, however you serve in your career, it, it, it becomes about how I can use my career to enhance the lives of other people. And that is such a good thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be a giver like that and any capacity is so wonderful. And I'm not trying to take away from that. But the guilt comes in when along the way, we somehow come up with this message that all of these other people matter so much. We're, we're here for them. And we forget that we have needs as well, that we deserve someone to give to us. And so often, you know, I think we kind of expect other people to fill that gap and to be superheroes that sweep in and recognize, man, you're doing everything for everyone else and you never do anything for yourself. So, hey, I'm going to do it for you. No, because think about that. If we're not going to meet our own needs, why should anyone else? You know, if we're not going to say, yes, you matter, but I matter as well. I have value as a human being. Why would anyone else need to do that? I think it has to come from us. And so until we come to terms with that and recognize that that's a very good thing, there is guilt. There is guilt. guilt. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the idea of put on your oxygen mask first. Right. Yeah. But a lot of people have trouble with that because they do. You know, they think it's selfish. They think it's selfish or maybe they don't know how to ask. And I'm wondering if when people don't ask, I resentment, you know, right. I'm and doing how all this supposed to know? for you. What are you doing for me? And then this sort yeah. of, and it festers. Oh, that's so true. And I, I want to be clear because this is a podcast for fathers. Um, right. Although not just for fathers, do you have um, dads that you coach? Oh, absolutely. Oh my goodness. Yes. I have so many, so many men in my practice. Mm-hmm. It's, it's probably, I'm not exactly sure if it's 50, 50, I would mm-hmm. say I probably have 60% males yeah. in my practice. And what I really love about working with dads and men in general, and I'm, you know, not opposed to working with women, but mm-hmm. women tend to come at it with a whole lot of emotional baggage. You know, we carry all this stuff. Men come in kind of just wanting to unpack stuff and then get to work. And so I love the fact that men can make progress so fast when it comes to any Mm -hmm. goal that they set related to living more joyfully. 
they just dive right in without all the stuff that women allow, you know, Interesting. to slow down. Yeah. I mean, the reason I ask is I think maybe there's this traditional view that says probably not as much anymore that the givers are the, are the moms or the, oh, the sure. women and they're the <laughs> ones that are dealing with all the overwhelm. And I think in mm. 2020, just not true anymore. No. And so I think it's important to point out that that men and fathers can also feel this sense of overwhelm with giving. Oh, gosh, yes. To be a dad, I the the demands mm-hmm. that an average father faces today can be so overwhelming. And you know, I recognize that you know men have historically you know been told just keep going. You know, mm-hmm. you know it makes you weak if you stop and ask for help. And you know, women are the emotional ones. Women right. are the nurturers, right? That's garbage. There's a certain masculinity about not asking for help, needing it. And, you know, I think that hopefully is a thing of the past, but, but of course it's still, it's still there. So let's talk about, let's say a typical client, let's say someone comes in and they say, I have someone referred me to you. I hear you do great work. Here's what's going on with me. I'm just so exhausted. I'm stressed. Mm -hmm. I'm, anxious. I snap at my children. I snap at my wife. I used to have all these hobbies and all these things. And now I'm in a pandemic and I just, I, my life is just, doesn't feel like it's for me anymore. How would you help that person? Well, what I want to do is start with a big hug, but of course, if all these (laughs) sessions are online, that's not possible. So, you know, I think that the very beginning is just allowing a safe space to share, you know, Mm -hmm. coaching in general is a wonderful place to just pour it out, get it out of your system, lay it all out on the table and just look at it. What exactly are we dealing with? Can we look at that from a non-judgmental perspective? These are my issues. Mm -hmm. And just allowing space for that is a great beginning point. Sometimes just naming it is huge, right? I'm overwhelmed. Just just naming that and having someone hear that and say it out loud I think is really powerful. I think so too. I wrote a blog post about that a couple months Uh ago. Um, A lot of people were really struggling with a lot of feelings when COVID was really, you know, Mm -hmm. new and, and the concept of just putting a word to whatever it is and recognizing that it is not you. It is simply how you are feeling. It doesn't identify who you are. It's just the state of mind that you're currently in, but it's not you. Right. You are not overwhelmed. You may be experiencing that. Yes. You feel overwhelmed. You are a human being who's capable and strong and wonderful and you feel overwhelmed. You can, by naming it, you can set it in a box. You can put it on a shelf. I love what you just said because that you are a human being, because I think a lot of us kind of forget that. And I mean that we don't talk to ourselves like human beings. Mm. We don't give ourselves enough compassion especially during these hard times. And I often tell my friends, would you talk to me like that? If I was going through that, the way you talk to yourself, would you talk to your friend? Your friend goes, wow, that's some pretty harsh talk. And look of all the amazing things you're doing. Give yourself a break. Right. What if, what if people were willing to treat themselves the way that they treated other people, you know, and pour into their own joy buckets, the way that they're so willing to give to other people so that they can experience joy. I think it all comes back around Mm -hmm. to that. You know, what does that say about our view of ourselves? So often in coaching, you know, we really unpack that. Mm 
Mm-hmm. You know, I think that I'm, you know, an engineer. I think that, you know, I'm a teacher, but there's a whole lot more to me than what I do. And, and who am I as a person? Let's really take a look at that and recognize that there is value in who I am. Yeah. So the, it sounds like the first thing you're doing is saying like, tell me your story. What's going on? Let's get clear about where you're at. Exactly. What is happening? And then what's, what's next? What do you... After that, well, it's really fun because we take a great look at the different areas of a person's life and we mm-hmm. really allow the person to non-judgmentally, very safely give a joy score for each of these areas. Really? And, yeah. And I say oh, non-judgmentally cool. because it's hard. Some people have a hard time saying, geez, my marriage, I'd give it a one out of Ooh. 10 or my family life is a disaster. You know, mm-hmm. we want it to be a 10. So often family life is the one that gets the lowest rating when it comes to joy. And really? yep. And it doesn't have to be that way at all. And what I really want to do is just help people focus on that and infuse the fun back into that very critical relationship. So I would imagine if they, you go through the ratings and you know, work life is a 10, marriage is a two, and family life is a three, probably I would, you're going to focus on the lower scores to, to infuse more joy into those. If you're a 10 in some area, maybe, maybe that's not the focus of the coaching. It's up to the client as mm-hmm. much as I would like to say, man, we really need to talk about your marriage. Uh-huh, right. <laughs> it has to come from the client. Eventually we'll get there, but usually clients like to start in an area that's a little bit safer. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, they'll say, oh, my career is like a five. And it's not as scary to admit that. And it's easier to go from a five to a six than it is from a one to a two. That seems like a bigger jump. And so, so often, you know, but it is very client driven. So, so often clients will start in in an area that's a little bit safer. And then when they make progress there, they're more willing to take a look at the stuff that really needs attention. And and so what do you, I mean, as a coach, I'm a coach, you're a coach. We don't give advice. and. It's client driven and we don't tell them what to do, but how do you facilitate if someone's a three or a five infusing more joy into that? Are there practices? Are there, what's, what's, the, what's the session look like? I mean, that's such a great question. I, and one of the most important parts is after we really unpack the differences between happiness and joy, taking a, a hard look at, okay, we know what joy is. Where does it come from for you personally? Everyone has a different list. In fact, it's been so much fun, David, because as I talk to people around the world, no one has had the same list. And it is so interesting uh-huh. to me to talk to people and learn that, you know, like, okay, one person may say connection, connection brings me so much joy. And another person might not want that at all. You know, that might be the last thing on Mm -hmm. someone else's list. They want whiskey and golf. (laughs) Yeah. Those are more sources of Mm -hmm. happiness, right? They're gone Mm -hmm. in a hurry. But yeah, so we really take a look at, okay, you know that your family life is a one. And let's take a look at you as an individual. What brings joy to you? So, you know, it could be things like connection. It could be things like being generous. It could be things like focusing on my faith. Mm -hmm. It could be, there's so many things, you know, and I could give you a list to get you started, but I certainly wouldn't want anyone to feel limited to the things that I suggest. But again, these are things that the pandemic cannot take away. You know, so if gratitude is one of the things that brings you joy, 
you, you know, nothing can take that from you. So That's what true. we do is we let the person add to that list. And the more you think about it, the more you'll think of. At first, it's really hard, especially for givers, again, mm-hmm. who are all about blessing other people. Suddenly the camera's on them and they really don't have an answer when I say what brings you joy. That's they, okay. They probably, I don't know. Nobody's ever asked me that question. Never thought about it, right? And now I have this person saying, write it down and give it yeah. a rating, which, which I think, by the way, again, is I love the quote, you can't see the label from inside the bottle. Mm. So just having that other person sit with you and have you even do this exercise, mm-hmm. I would imagine gives so much clarity. Oh, and boy. once you have the clarity and the awareness, and I don't know, maybe you can tell me, do most people kind of, once they write it down, say, I know how to get joy from these things, or is that also? It depends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some people who are really action oriented can say, hmm, I see gratitude is something that really brings mm-hmm. me joy. And my family life is mm-hmm. difficult right now. I am going to pour gratitude into mm-hmm. my family life. I'm going to show appreciation for my wife and kids. You know, I'm going to, you know, say thank you more often. I'm going to put it into words. I really love mm-hmm. it when you, you know, so some people get the connection. There are other people who just don't. They need more coaching. They need me to say, okay, you know, what, what can we do mm-hmm. with this gratitude? How can we incorporate that into your family life? But what's really cool is, like you said, we don't give advice. We do not tell mm-hmm. people what they need to do. And so coaching allows a safe space to just unpack the fact that, okay, I get gratitude that fills my joy bucket. What? what can I do with that? And it's in there. It's in there all along. But so often we're so busy doing everything else. We don't take the time to ask the basic questions. So that's what coaching allows. What's a joy bucket? Yeah, great question. I I throw that one around. (laughs) I think you named that a couple of times. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds, sounds interesting. (laughs) Okay. So, you know, this goes back to, you know, my roots, you know, I've learned growing up the whole concept of, you know, I'm so blessed my cup runneth over, my cup runneth Mm. over. And I've really given thought to when a person focuses on joy and really recognizes all of the blessings that they already have in their life, a cup will never be big enough. Mm -hmm. I mean, a cup would run over instantly because we have so much joy in our world. We just sometimes haven't noticed When we begin to notice that, we realize, oh my gosh, I'm so fortunate. And so a bucket, a bucket is really where I'm at because, I mean, I'm picturing a huge five-gallon bucket Mm -hmm. with David's name written right across it. And whenever something occurs to you that you realize, wow, this really does something for me, Mm -hmm. that is something that, you know, invisibly goes into your joy bucket and you begin to actively seek that out more and more because of the way that it makes you feel. And what I love about joy, and we've talked about this, is the fact that it is just so contagious, right? The goal is not to fill up your bucket and keep that thing to yourself and hug it tightly. The goal is to fill it until it overflows and affects the people in your family, in your career, in the grocery store line, at the oil change place. I mean, joy is meant to be shared. It's all about being contagious. And this is one of those instances where I wish people could see you as I see you right now. 
because you're the real deal, the way you speak. <laughs> no, seriously, when you're glowing, you have this funny shirt on. <laughs> and, and, and when I talked to you, and the first time I talked to you and reached out, I was like, oh, I have to have her on the podcast because, yeah, I feel that you're really living what you're coaching, what you're preaching. So, the, <laughs> so what brings you joy? Oh, the list is so long. You really want to know? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so top I have a five. list in my bathroom. <laughs> my top five list is actually on my bathroom mirror. Oh, cool. So, yep, because I will forget, just like anyone else, I want to be mindful. So, you know, on that list are making crazy memories with my family. Mm -hmm. I love having hooky days with my family. I love small conversations. I love big, deep conversations. Every little moment I can share with my family brings me massive amounts of joy. My family life means everything to me. So I'm thrilled you asked me to come on today and speak to dads. My husband is the kind of guy who could be teaching seminars on how to be an excellent husband and father. He's too shy to do it, but he's qualified. And so I've been mm -hmm. able to watch all this and oh, his relationship with the kids is just amazing. So family time, huge, huge source of joy. Another one for me is movement, whether it's kickboxing or dancing in the kitchen with my cat or taking walks or long distance bike rides or just skipping. When's the last time you just skipped down the hall? I challenge everyone listening to this to skip sometime today. You cannot do that without smiling. So anyway, movement. Movement is a big one for me. Okay. Another big source of joy that you cannot take away is my faith. And I am mm -hmm. so interested in learning about other faiths. I love learning about what, yeah. you know, what brings depth and um, just a sense of fulfillment to people spiritually. I love knowing people who are different than I am. And I, and I'm I a think, Christian and it's huge to me. And I think that one is like scientifically proven. People who have yeah. a relationship of spirituality to a higher power who are, who pray that seems to be pretty clear that, I mean, my grandfather, he were Jewish. He would go to synagogue almost every for years and years and years and years and, I and he lived well until his 90s and i, I think that had mm. any that was so positive i think that Isn't really that really had an impact so i i just tell people you know it's really important don't forget about your spiritual life and that spiritual life doesn't have to be an organized religion it doesn't have to be right. christianity or judaism but having right. that a relationship however you see it mm -hmm. to Absolutely. some so to something beyond yourself to a, i think is really important which i think is a whole nother conversation but i love that <laughs> that's a really that brings you joy Oh, it does. We can come back to that over and over again. I mean, I absolutely love learning about other people's faith and what it does for them. I know what mine does for me. You cannot, you know, any pandemic is not going to touch that thing. So, and the other two things that really come to mind as sources of joy for me are connecting with people who are different than I am. Mm -hmm. This is a big one. I mean, yeah. I will actively, and everyone, everyone is different than I am, right? Nobody is like you. And so that's a, that's a big one. Mm -hmm. And I love finding people who look different, act different, you know, different gender, different, you know, race, different anything. And just finding what we do need we more have people like common. you, Robin. Oh, it's so we, much fun. We We're don't so have alike. enough. We don't have enough right now. Let's spread it. I have a t-shirt that I could have worn today that says, ask me how we are alike. Oh and I gosh. have had the best conversations with people with that t-shirt on. That's I could go on all day. That's yeah, crazy. it's amazing. So that's a big one. And then, so, yeah, go ahead. I don't 
want to give people the impression that you're just floating on cloud nine all the time. I, I imagine <laughs> when there's light, there's also darkness. It, oh gosh! Tell me yeah. about some of the challenges or that oh, you, you've had to, to face because because I don't want people to come away mm-hmm. thinking that oh she's this isn't she's just floating on a joy cloud. <laughs> I like the image. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's super fair. And to be honest, you know, it's something that I've really wrestled with because mm-hmm. I am the type of person who is naturally joyful. However, mm-hmm. there are days when joy is the farthest thing from my mind. Mm-hmm. You know, pain can be very real. And it's like how, you know, my kids and I have had lots of funny conversations about this because when I'm struggling, when I'm having a difficulty, if I make a negative statement, my kids will say, and you call yourself a joy coach. And then they laugh, you know, so, but it's reality, right? No one's going to have a great day every day. And I think to believe that we can is really false Mm -hmm. and is going to set you up for failure in a hurry, big disappointment. So, you know, during COVID, I wrote several blogs about mm-hmm. where I was personally and so often it wasn't joyful. Mm-hmm. And it was like, wow, I got to come to terms with the fact that this is life. Ups and downs are part of life. The downs do not have to last, but they serve a purpose Interesting, and we can yeah. learn, you know? And so like, you know, I can give you an example. So, um, and again, this isn't a blog of mine, but there was a day not long ago I was gardening received a phone call from someone that I know, we began to chat about people that we know. And I learned in one phone call that 15 people that I knew had died from COVID. Like they didn't just contract it. They were gone. I know. And I was just dumbfounded. I, I barely remember the rest of that day. You know, I look at the flowers now and I think, how did those get there? I don't even remember physically doing anything the grief was so enormous did, did they all contract it together at some event or they, they lived in one mm-hmm. one residential community and mm. it, it arrived and it it was devastating and these were people yeah. who were so full of life and adventure and oh they had so many plans and gosh they were wonderful people and so mm. yeah i mean to think that anyone on this planet is going to be joyful every day is just a setup for a disaster. It's not the way life is, but that's okay. Because, you know, in my situation, I mean, I'll be honest, I didn't feel like myself for a very long time after Mm -hmm. I got that news. I'd love to say, Oh yeah, I just bounced right back. Life was great. It wasn't like that. It took about 24 hours before I even wanted to get out of that mindset. It hurt so bad so I literally it was very yeah I was grieving Mm. I went to my list I literally had to go into my bathroom and look at my list Mm -hmm. because when I had more mental faculties you know I made that list and I was so thankful that I did my joy list I couldn't think of a single thing that brought me joy in those moments but there it was in writing I had been the person that wrote that stuff down so I literally went right down the list and tried some things in each of those categories until I began to feel more like myself again. That's the best advice I would give your listening audience mm-hmm. is to put a list somewhere visible. You're going to need it. Yeah, I was just going to ask if you would recommend that because I would imagine mm-hmm. when you're in the midst of everything in life, you easily forget. I mean, it just, you, you do. It's gone. It's a human reaction. Yep. I guess what I was getting at 
is I want to make a distinction between genuine joy. And I would imagine there are some people, have you ever heard the term spiritual bypass? No, tell me more about that. Spiritual bypass is a term where if we have wounds, um, rather than dealing with our, our wounds or our issues, we sort of use, let's say, spirituality or a higher power to go above them. So okay. not dealing with the darkness or the sadness, but it's almost like an avoidance, right? So mm. let's say I'm going to go meditate instead of dealing with my sadness and try to get it above it and what I'm, I just want. I think what you're talking about is absolutely genuine joy that's connective, comes from inside, these joy buckets. I, I could imagine some people could use, put on a good face in other words, Mm-hmm. And inside, maybe they're not joyful, but it's a way of being in the world to, um, to hide. You know, mm-hmm. like like Facebook, for example, it comes to mind. You know, <laughs> put, put putting a picture on online to um, looking joyful for for others. Yeah, and I wonder if that ever comes up where maybe someone is not as joyful as they appear. Hmm. Oh, I'm sure that they are. I'm sure that that happens all the time. I had a person say to me once, I know that life can be perfect because I see yours on Facebook all the time. Right. I could not speak. I was in stunned silence. And then when my brain woke back up, I set her straight Mm. and I have made it a point (laughs) from that point on to share both my downs as well as my ups. You know, I don't want to be the kind of person who whines on social media. We all know that person. Yeah. I avoid people like that. But if all we do is cast this image that life is great all the time, well, what happens when it isn't great? Yeah. You know, what if, what if, we've, if we're telling people that life can be perfect and that's their goal? I, I felt awful for contributing to a false sense of reality in, mm. her, in this case. And I thought I will not do that again. And I blogged about that as well. I just want to be as real as possible. You know, there are days we feel joyful and there are days when joy has to be a choice and that's okay. And, and what I love about what you're doing, your work, you are not advocating some, you know, quote or mantra. This is something that requires work and cultivation yeah. and comes from a very deep place where we're playing the long game here. We want, right. we want your life to look like this, not some right. momentary pleasure. So when I, you know, your work is a lot more sophisticated and deeper than just happy-go-lucky. Right. And I appreciate that so much. And you totally just described happiness versus joy as mm-hmm. you shared that. Mm-hmm. You know, this like momentary pleasure, that's chocolate in my mm-hmm. mouth. You know, that's happiness. That goes away. <laughs> It's the lifelong resilience that I'm trying to help people achieve. And joy is a very important part of that. Yeah, and no, I'm laughing a little bit because I think we talked the other day. It's like, I'm a lawyer by trade and I'm all for joy in, in myself. But sometimes when I see someone that's, if I don't know them, I'm just a little skeptical of it. Like, what's <laughs> that person on? I seem a little too happy. I don't know about them. <laughs> And of course, that's my stuff. That's my bias. That's my upbringing. <laughs> that's my sarcasm. But the, yeah, there is this sense in me, at least. Mm-hmm. Like, hmm, I don't know about that. So what I, I guess what I'm saying is, yeah, there's there's a guilt. There's a bias in in something that's 
beautiful and wonderful. And, and maybe it's just me, but wow. you know, sometimes I see these people and I'm like, why are they so happy? Why are they so joyful? What's going on there? <laughs> and, and at least and I'm rec- I recognize it. I recognize it. Good. Because, I mean, because you know, when you see it, you know, when someone is just, I feel like they have a glow to them. Yeah, I think so too. And we're, and we're attracted to that. It's a magnetic mm-hmm. thing. We want that. You know, mm-hmm. if you're around someone that is thankful for what they have, mm. that's the kind of person you want to do life with. You know, it's, it is contagious. I mean, there really is an energy and, and a vibe, right? To someone who's just, you just feel yep. good around them. For sure. For yeah. sure. And I'm working on trying to be that person. I always wanted to be the person in, in the room that makes people feel better just by their presence. I love it. And just think about the dads in your audience. You know, if, if one dad is listening to this and remembers what you said about, I want to be that person in the room. What if one dad decides, I want to be the person in that room. I want to be the guy who walks in the door at the end of the day and everyone is happy to see me coming through that door. You know, I'm not carrying the weight of the world into the door with me. I'm bringing light into that room simply based on my presence. What a gift that would be to a family. Bringing light, not just to make people feel comfortable, but to impact them in a way so they can do it for other people, as you said. Yep. Pay it forward in a way. Oh, it's beautiful. I mean, when, when a giver decides to give, if joy is incorporated into that, I guarantee people will be changed. And they, in turn, will want to share that with other people. You know, I've joked about wanting joy to be as contagious as the pandemic and how, you know, spreading this to one person, knowing that they'll spread it to other people is all kind of part of my plan for world domination. (laughs) But I'm like, what if, right? What if one dad listens to this and says, I am going to be that guy who walks in and brings light because it feels so good to be the giver of that. And I know that it's going to bless the people that I love the most. What a gift. And that's why we're doing this. Right. I love I, it. I love that you're doing this. I love I, it so much. Yes. So just to everyone knows that Robin, when I asked her, she wasn't just a yes. She was a hell yes. And <laughs> thank you so much for being so enthusiastic. The other question I have about, it sounds like you have just so much joy around your family life and your marriage and your kids, which is so beautiful. Has your doing this professionally has that impacted the, them in any any way? Like, has, <laughs> have you brought the joy even further up, or have you? Yeah, it's so funny, and and I think that you know anybody who begins to focus more on joy, whether they're ever a client of mine or not, mm-hmm. if they hear this and they begin to think about it, the people in your world are going to notice. You mm-hmm. cannot help it. And so here I am thinking about joy constantly now, right? right. I, it's like I got permission to do this because it's my, my chosen field. You have to Holy embody it. You, you do, really, and it's so it. fun. Mm-hmm. My, we talk about it all the time, and it, it does become just a, a contagious thing. My poor kids, they never saw what was coming. They thought that <laughs> I was joyful before, but now, I mean, to be able to think about this and to be impacted by seeing my clients live more joyfully, I cannot keep that to myself. I mean, Mm -hmm. the details I have to keep to myself for confidentiality, but the way that it makes me feel to know some guy on the other side of the planet has a better family life because of the work we've done together, I could, I'll be skipping down the hall again, right? I mean, my kids, my husband, 
they are all victims. <laughs> They're yeah. victims of joy. They, yeah, they have no choice. Yeah, no, that's that's really cool. I um, sometimes they make fun of me a little bit for being quote coachy, and other <laughs> other times, you know, you ask a powerful question to an eleven year old, and it's like, wow, this really works. This really works. <laughs> You're welcome, kid. I'm not just a funny guy who walks around the house and <laughs> eats snacks at midnight. <laughs> I have value too. I can, I can actually teach them something or or connect to them. <laughs> right, you better. And yep. they they make fun, but I but I think I I see in the world that it is is having an impact oh, on, on them so and the much. family. I think there's something transformative about working on this stuff instead of being. And I, and I recognize I have the luxury, definitely a lot more time now during the pandemic, but there's, but when we work really hard and cultivate, it sounds a little cheesy, but planting the seeds of all of this, mm-hmm. it matters. Well, they'll bear fruit. Right? And, bear, and as you said, you can't, I don't think it's just going to happen. You have to be intentional. It's a choice. Nobody's just going to say, give you a, a wand and be, or, or make you joyful. It's, it's something that you must do the work. Yep. Even joy. Even joy, unless you are naturally joyful 24 seven, which I have not ever met mm-hmm. a human who can claim that it is a choice, but gosh, like if you decide to make it the impact that it will have on the people that you love the most yeah. will pay dividends because think about it. Their lives are more focused on things like gratitude and faith mm-hmm. and connection and being spontaneous and all these things that bring joy and they will be more resilient and they will be sharing that whether they do it intentionally or not, it's going to come off of them. Like we were talking about earlier, if someone's got it, it's coming out and other people yeah. are going to want it. And so, yeah, the impact goes way beyond one person's decision to choose to live more joyfully. That sounds like a perfect place to, uh, to end. Do you, do you have any dad jokes? <laughs> My husband has a great t-shirt that we bought him and it says like, come over to the dark side. I have dad jokes or something. No, Perfect. I don't have, I, I should have mom jokes. Well, you have a funny mom shirt. Let me read, let me see what it says. I'm going to read yeah. it. it says, so Robin's wearing a shirt that says, don't go bake in my heart. <laughs> I had to buy it. That's a dad, that's a dad like joke. You know, I can, we can work with, with that. <laughs> I got mom jeans and mom jokes. Yeah. Own it. Own your dad. Yeah, I've definitely <laughs> more recently, I thought it was like a cool dad. As my kids get older, realizing, nope, you're just a dad. And I've sort of tried to own that more and more and more. <laughs> like, as they get older, they're more embarrassed. And I'm like, okay. I bet I'm, you're a great dad. I, I'm trying. It's great. I'm trying. Keep I'm, trying. A work, I'm a work in progress, as I always it's say. It's worth it. Do the work. It's worth um, it. Where can people find more about you? Yeah, I've got a website and people can go to the website and hang out for a little bit. And if they hang out for about 20 seconds, a Mm -hmm. magical invitation will pop up to invite them into my Facebook group, which I would love to encourage people to hang out and join because it's Mm -hmm. a place where people from around the world share what brings them joy. And it is contagious. You cannot help but walk away wanting to seek joy and share it. So anyway, my website is joytotheworldcoaching.com. So joy to they the go to coaching.com. Yep. 
Go there. Facebook get in the group. group. I think you have a couple video or two on there. You have a yep. blog. Yep. Lots of fun stuff. That is that is really cool. I'm going to join the page. I didn't know you Yay. had a Facebook page. I would love yep, to get in see there. what people, and you said people from around the world, huh? Yeah, it's really fun, literally around the world. And it's hmm. just so neat to see how alike we are <laughs> and how much we can encourage each other. It makes the world a whole lot smaller. Can I tell you what has been bringing me joy recently? I'd love to hear. It's, I just, so I'm really into coffee. <laughs> People who know me, like I'm, a, I'm really, I'm like, I love coffee. <laughs> but for years, I, I, I didn't have a, an espresso machine. Mm. And so I, I just bought one. And I'm really wired all the time, but the, but, but, but it, but it reverberates throughout the house. Cause, cause not only do I have more energy, I can make my kids like chai tea lattes. I make my, I love it. I just love making coffee. So that's another oh, important nice. point, right? Right. If, if we use our stuff well and it brings us joy. Joy can be part of stuff, right? It doesn't have it to can be connection. So I don't. Oh, it absolutely can be. I mean, you're using that for connection. It's yes. the connection and the giving that brings the joy, you know. I have just been like stratosphere with this thing. I love it so <laughs> I love it so much. And um, it's kind of fun. And, and the podcast, these are all just new skills. I love learning new skills. So you're doing Lots a great job. of joy. But um, given that joy, I hope everyone who's listening is well and healthy and Thank you so, so much for uh, talking to me. This is really fun. I really appreciate you asking, David. Thank you so and much. Everybody, and I set it off, off camera, but I totally support what you're doing. I you. love that you're reaching dads like this. Thank, thank you. Thank you very much. And maybe maybe we'll get your husband to come on. I, I'll try. Amazing. I know, <laughs> I know he's shy. Maybe, maybe we'll, we'll say, come on. Come on. <laughs> Do you it. Should. Have a great day. <laughs> you as well. Take care. And there you have it, episode three of the Authentic Dad podcast. Thank you so much to Robin Shear. Uh, her website again, joytotheworldcoaching.com. What I love about her is she's actually the real deal. She lives it. I can see it. Uh, if you saw the video, you could see it too. She just glows with, with joy. What I really appreciated is that you can still have joy even in this horrible, terrible, difficult time. And for me, sometimes I feel a little bit, again, guilty about doing that. But I'm trying to give myself permission to have joy, to do the things I love, to make a latte, to take a nap. Because ultimately, when I'm joyful, I'm going to be more impactful and more effective in the world. And yes, for you fish fans out there, I too have had the song Joy in my head all day long listening to the album and for those who have no idea what i'm talking about that is okay thank you all so much take care and we shall see you or hear you next time appreciate it